Hello everybody and welcome to this week's official Everton podcast for the official Everton members. I'm joined by Club Secretary David Harrison and Club Ambassador Graham Sharp. Dave, we're in Italy at the moment for the Europa League game against Atalanta and European football by definition must impact greatly on, on, on your day-to-day life. Hugely. Um, <laughs> it's what we want though, isn't it? Definitely what we want, but um, it, it certainly adds to the workload. I mean, this pre-season, we've, we've played two competitive, two-legged ties as part of pre-season practically. Um, and you know, there's a lot of arrangements, a lot of planning went into both of those games. And literally from the Thursday evening on both to go to the draw the next day and start planning immediately for the next fixture. Just tell us about the logistics of going from one country to Monaco for the draw with very, very little notice, if any. I think it's always nice to go to Monaco. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think we'd be complaining at that. Um, yeah, it was just... It, the tie itself could obviously have gone either way on the evening, so it, you know, it's, a, it's a, a very late shout. But it's a big day, that group stage draw. We've been there before. There's a lot of a lot of teams there, and it's a great opportunity to meet the other three teams in your group, have some initial conversations around tickets and best hotels, and just just to try and pick people's brains while you're there, and you've got them for this this one two hour slot. Sharpie, you and I have been to Monaco for the draw a couple of years ago. It's a terrific experience, isn't it? It is. It's incredible, and as Dave quite rightly said, there as soon as the draw is made, it's a case of all the clubs meeting up who are in the group and deciding what Dave says: travel arrangements, training arrangements when they're coming over hotels. So it's changed, changed an awful lot, you know, since our day in European competition. It's nothing like you know the logistics uh, of what you have to know is incredible. So Dave does work extremely hard, uh, you know, and even the, at the games, even in Italy now. You can see how stressed he is. <laughs> <laughs> there was none of, this, none of this group stage nonsense when you won the Cup Winners' Cup, was there? No, there wasn't. You know, no, thank goodness. You know, we were just given the draw. You know, and, and in those days, if you think of the, the places we went in, the successful Cup Winners' Cup was Dublin to start with. Then I think the hardest one we had was uh, Czechoslovakia, uh, and then it was Holland, and then Germany. So nothing too bad there. But in those days as well, when you see what goes in to taking the team abroad now. You know, it's incredible, you know, from Dave to the, down to the kit men and whatever. And our day it was like on a bus, airport, not a, just on a scheduled flight, you know, out, play the game, come back the next morning. That was as simple as that. Uh, but now it it's must be really, really tough, the organisation that goes into it. When you're at the draw, Dave, and say a team from Lithuania comes out, or Azerbaijan, are you sitting there thinking, oh, please, no. <laughs> I'm thinking visas. I'm think. <laughs> I'm thinking lack of hotels. I'm thinking poor transport infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, you, I don't think with the teams that we've drawn um, in our group that we can have any real issues. I mean, to get two Western European teams in there. All right, the trip to Cyprus is a is a longish trip, but I think it's one we'll all hopefully enjoy. Being the last match day as well. Um, no, I don't think we can really have any complaints there. Sharpie, we travelled over with the team and the staff from mm. Liverpool John Lennon Airport over to Parma. The amount of staff that come on these trips now, support staff for Ronald Koeman and his coaching staff is just 
immeasurable compared to what you took. Yeah, numbers numbers are, are crazy, but that's every Premier League club now. You know, you know, even in the Premier League games, you look at the staff that come and and follow the team. It's incredible. You know, obviously European games even more so. You know, when you think of the security and everything else that goes with it, it's it's great. It's a plane full. You know, in, in our day, it was like what. 14, 15 players, the manager, the coach, the physio and a couple of directors. But <laughs> nowadays it's incredible the amount of staff that is required You know when we go abroad. Did the trip to split bring its own problems with the way their supporters behaved at Goodison? Yeah, I mean the, the second leg became became a bit of an issue for us. There was a, um, there was a security delegate appointed to the second leg. P primarily because of their record at home in split and some of the incidents that had happened in the past. But the incidents that happened at Goodison probably only made that situation worse. In fairness to the people at split, they, they were very well organized um, and it, it, it's difficult for them to be able to control what goes on away from the stadium itself. Um, you know, you really are in the hands of the police and the local local government authorities there, um, so I don't think we had any real issues. We split as a club. It was just it was the the wider experience mm. there. And I suppose when the draw is made, one of our first considerations is for the supporters. Mm. How easy it will be for the supporters to get to the games. I think when the draw was made, I think that there was an issue right away. I think the the the, the fans had a, a reputation, you know, and right away we knew that. So you've got to be really really careful. And I think that's when the the security issues come into to to ta uh, a hand and you've got to make sure everything's ready there and obviously we want our supporters to, to travel away and enjoy themselves but not be susceptible to, to, to violence, soccer violence and that's what we had to, to, to make sure and, and try and uh, keep the supporters safe as we possibly could. I love hearing the stories from the supporters of how they got there because I'm sure some of our supporters prefer it when it's a really difficult place to go to because when you're out after the game and you're speaking to the fans and they say, oh, we went from Vienna to yeah. Prague to Timbuktu and then to the game. Well, listen, that's part and parcel of qualifying for Europe. And you said to Dave in the first question how important it is for us to, to continue to, to qualify for Europe, to give them uh, something as well. You know, they, they support us home and away all season, so it's great to give them something back and that's European travel. Now, they love going to Europe, even in our day. Uh, when we were going pre-season, they'd end up, you know, in the in Norway, in the middle of nowhere. You get, you know, hundreds of Evertonians going, and you think, how did they get there? How did they take time off? Still the same now, uh, but it is, it's nice listening to how they actually get to the stadium <laughs> and uh, planes. What is it? What is it? Trains. Planes, trains. All that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And you was here, Dave. <laughs> pre-season in your day under Howard Kendall was it the same as it is now under Ronald? Dry trips for the players. <laughs> Definitely not, uh, <laughs> and thank goodness we, we played in our day. But no, listen, Howard was was great at what he done. Uh, what it did was give a team the bonding that, that was needed. And listen, football's changed so much now. So no, listen, footballers work extremely hard. Do they work harder than us? Probably. You know, they probably don't get as many days off as what we did. Uh, but listen, hey, oh, it's changed. But would I change it? No, not <laughs> not for a minute. <laughs> Talking of pre-season, Tanzania was a really challenging trip, Dave. We were away for three days, of which two were 40,000 feet off the ground and one was actually in Tanzania. That must have brought a whole host of logistical issues. Yeah, I mean, I obviously went out to Tanzania probably around five or six weeks before we, we actually took the team out there and we we identified some issues, I think, put, <laughs> putting it politely. Um, one around the, the stadium pitch, which... In fairness to the people there, you know that 
they aren't used to having a Premier League team in town and we asked them to be able to, you know, to do some work on the pitch for us and what have you. Um, and they did a fantastic job, a really fantastic job. You know, the enthusiasm that we were met with by the people that worked at the stadium from within the government there was just completely overwhelming. I mean, they were absolutely delighted that a Premier League football club was coming to Tanzania. It was a very, very successful trip, wasn't it? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think anyone that was there could see the enjoyment that the local people took from from having Everton there. Um, and it, it's a shame that more Premier League clubs haven't gone into Africa, into these kind of countries, because, the, the, you know, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, the the little shacks that we saw on the side of the road with the one TV in, they're packed on a Saturday afternoon and the locals are sat in there and all they're watching is Premier League football. One person we met over there, Sharpie, was Her Excellency, the Vice President of Tanzania, and she was asking where Wayne Rooney was. Now that's that's fame for you, isn't it? Well, it is. You know, I'm just going to say before, Dave's on some trips, isn't he? That Alan Wicker used to travel <laughs> the world, but I think Dave's <laughs> pushing him close here. But no, listen, Wayne is like uh, world-renowned. Uh, so obviously everywhere we go, we go now, everybody wants a piece. You know, and that just shows you what a fantastic footballer he's been over the, over the years and, and his time at Manchester United, obviously, I went before. But it just shows that the spotlight now that he brings to Everton Football Club as well, you know, because of who he is and what he's done in football. Well, we caught up with Wayne earlier this week. It's a big game at Old Trafford on Sunday, of course, and it's certainly a big game for him returning to Manchester United for the very first time since his move back to Everton. We asked him some of the differences that he's noticed since his first spell with the Blues. I think, obviously, the training ground, um, different training ground. Um, it's obviously a lot of new staff, um, but it's also good to see the, the staff who I worked with last time I was here, um, still here, so... Um, there's some changes in terms of the structure of the club and um, and things like that, but the the core of the club is still there. The history of the club is obviously around the the training ground, and it's um, it's great that that's there for um, especially the, the newer players who are coming in and and aren't too aware of, of the history of Everton. Um, it's great that they can see that and, and sort of get a feel for that. You spoke about when you signed how important Ronald Koeman was in your decision. What's it been like working with him so far? Yeah, it's been great. I think um, obviously he had a, a big role to play in me in me coming back here and just working with him. You can see um, how he wants us to play. Um, he, he's a calm but a calm guy off the pitch, but he, you know on the training pitch he he really gets his points across, and it's good to work with him. Even with your experience, what, what do you think you can learn from him? Yeah, I think you can always learn. Um, you know, as a footballer, new new, new things happen. Um, you know, new things coming in behind the scenes in terms of sports science and, and stuff like that. So you can, there's always, you know, ways to learn. And of course, of, of Ronald, it's, um, there's a lot of things you can learn. You can learn off any manager, new things, which maybe your previous manager or managers mightn't have, um, have done. And how impressed have you been with the club's y uh, young players? Obviously a lot of talent, you said, when you, when you first joined about how impressed you were with Tom Davis and so on. Yeah, there's um, some very good young players and um, they have to just keep trying to improve and trying to you know, make the manager pick them. I think um, I've been there myself as a young player and you need to take your chance. And So I'm sure when um, the young lads get the chance then 
um, they have to take it and make it really, really hard to manage to, to lead them out the team. So um, I think they know that. I think, um, you know, especially in this day and age, a lot of foreign players coming into the Premier League, you know, um, you know, once you get that chance, you, you have to take it. And you said when you signed that you know a lot of players here. Anyway, any other new teammates you've kind of formed a bond with? You think since you've since you've signed? Um, no, with everyone. I think um, speak to everyone. Um, we know we're all we're all pulling in the same direction. We all want the same thing. So um, yeah, I think um, I think that's always been my character. I've always um, got on with everyone in the dressing room and. Um, I think that's a strength of man which um, you know I've had throughout my career. So I speak to everyone, trying um, you know sort of even calm p- p- players down um, at certain stages. But no, I have um, a laugh with everyone. I oh, see so you're getting on well on the pitch with Sandro. So how's your Spanish coming on? Um, <laughs> not really. I'm trying to get his English better. <laughs> so um, no, you think um, obviously I've spoke to him in the same words. Um, which we can use on the pitch, which will help both of us. So um, we've um, got a few of them words, and, and to be fair to him, he's he's under, understood them quickly. And um, there's been a few times I've used them words on the pitch, and um, he's understood them. So um, he's certainly taken information in. It was a busy transfer window, Dave. Are you absolutely delighted? Do you have a glass of wine or a glass of bubbly when the transfer <laughs> window shuts? Are you there ready with the with the cork at your at your ready at five to eleven? Just generally asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe that. Don't believe that. Bringing yeah, the it's... transfer window forward. Does that help? Yes and no. Um I think there's differing there's differing opinions on that. Certainly from, you know, an, an administrative perspective and I think the integrity of the competition, certainly, it helps greatly. Um, but I think, you know, that it will come into sharp focus the, the time that a Premier League club has a player approached post the window shutting in this country. And there's another two, two and a half weeks before the country that the, the bids come from shuts. And that is when there's going to be a problem now. It's, you know, I think a lot of the clubs have obviously voted in favour of shutting the window early and you've got to take a tough stance then on players being approached post that time. But I think it's, it's, it's one to watch in the future. We broke our club transfer record three times during the window, Sharpie, so uh, it was a good summer. Yeah, it was. And I think, you know, we talk about uh, the goalkeeper Jordan Pickford and, and Michael Keane too. English players, you know, which helps us in the long run as well. But two young players who can only go on to, to bigger and better things in terms of their careers. Uh, well, we're delighted to have them in. Uh, obviously, Gilfie Sigurdsson is one we were after for a long time as well. But I think throughout the squad, the, the, all the signings we've made uh, are good signings. You know, obviously we'll have to give them time to settle down. I think everybody, you know, wants instant success. It takes time to, to build a team and with that many new signings in the team, it's, it's, it's going to take a little while, hopefully not too much. But uh, there's been early signs that, you know, they're getting things together and they're all quality signings as well. You know, Wayne Rooney, as you mentioned before, uh, top, top, top player uh, and he's shown in the early stages of uh, the Premier League what he can do. He still scores goals. So we're looking forward to, to a successful season with, with, with the new boys. But... Uh, I think the supporters are excited as well, and that's the most important thing. They always got for a transfer window, and I don't think there's many complaints, you know, that uh, about the deals we've done. 
If we bring a player over who's never even been to England before or very rarely been to England before, does that create more logistical issues for you or is that something you can sort of delegate away? I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a European player, fine. I mean, we we take Vlasic, for example. I mean, he's, whilst Croatia are a European country, they're a second tier uh, Euro European country and he still needed a work permit now because of his age and his lack of senior international appearances it was we had to put together a lot of paperwork to to put an appeal in for him to get that but I think the fact that a 19 year old boy had played 120 times for Hajduk Split's first team says a lot about his quality and if you look at their national side some of the players that he's potentially up against to try and get in that team you have to be a realistic in that he's a very good player but he's not going to be at this moment pushing the, the likes of Modric, Panic, those mm -hmm. kind of players out of the team. He's their future and I think the panel recognised that on the day and were, were, um, were, were good to us in granting the permit at the end. Just on new transfers and speculation, Sharpie, are you like me and, and Dave, I'm sure everywhere you go during the transfer window, what do you know, Sharpie? Who are we getting, Sharpie? Is he coming in, Sharpie? Yeah. What's happening with him, Sharpie? Yeah, they know more than us, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Especially taxi drivers. Taxi drivers, I've heard on the great when we're getting this one. He's already been up. I've seen him at Finch Farm. No, it's listen, you have to wait until it's sealed, signed, sealed and delivered. Uh, but again, they've just talked you know, about bringing the young players in as well. And I think we've got a, a good group, you know, good age as well. Uh, and yeah, it bodes well, but I always stress to people, give it time. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, I, th I know we all get frustrated when results don't go our way, but it takes time for, for the team to gel together. And, you know, as I said before, there's been early early signs that it's getting there, but it won't happen overnight, so we need to be patient. How did you get into football in the first place, Dave? Can you remember? I can, but I really don't want to say on here, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for another club previously before I came to Everton, and I've been at Everton 22 years in August, really? just gone. So, Has it seen 22 years? No. Honestly, it's a flash, but I've enjoyed every minute of it, you to be honest with you. You don't mean that, because you mean it's about 40 years, <laughs> don't you? <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I've aged 40. about 40 yeah. years. <laughs> I mean, how much has the game changed in that time? Immensely. Immensely. Um, you know, the Premier League had, had not long you know, being in being and that was developing and you've had these TV deals that, you know, cycle on cycle, the, the money's increased in them and the the, play, the the teams are spending, you know, bigger sums of money on players, the players are more high profile players that are coming in, it's just, it's just never ending. We don't believe a deal's done. We don't believe a player's signing for Everton Football Club until we see that photograph. What photograph? The one of Dave with That's the new signing. Yeah, and you'd seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> you hate that, don't you? I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just before we leave you, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to the Everton podcast, by the way, we also caught up with Leighton Baines this week ahead of our visit to Old Trafford. I think, naturally, that, that happens... I think um, I've been feeling pretty good. I've enjoyed the season so far, you know, say early days, but we have managed to get a few games in. I've enjoyed it. Um, yeah, but it's early days. I think I'm at a point where, for me personally, I've just got to try to be as close to perfect as possible in terms of how you live your life, um, you know, your preparation, your recovery. Um, being mindful of what you're doing when you step away from the training pitch, making sure 
you're giving yourself the best possible chance. I think that's the only thing you can do as you once you pass your thirties and um, you know you have already been in a lot of good habits, you know, throughout your career. Then you sort of yeah you are scrounging around a little bit for crumbs of you know what can I do to sort of help my body and help myself. But I've been able to do that and. You know, we have a team of people here who you can have conversations with and, you know, just look in even more depth into your diet and, like I say, recovery preparation. All those things are key, so, um, but feeling good and enjoying it. Has your game changed under Ronald since he came in? Have you, have you become more tactically different perhaps at all since before? Slightly, yeah, because the style of play is a little bit different. Um, I probably, yeah, I, I I enjoy, I've been enjoying it it's more, it's closer to what I've always sort of known and what I've done, I feel, um, you know, just playing from my position and, uh, yeah, I'd say it's not always, you know, ma massively different, but it's just subtle things that, you know, I say, suit certain players profile better than others for me it probably suits me better my thanks to david harrison the club secretary to graeme sharp the club legend we'll have another official everton podcast for our official everton members next week <laughs>